Warning. This podcast frequently contains potentially triggering, violent, and graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. Don't forget, it's Halloween season, so share us with your friends. Hello again, Nightmare Society. Gather round for another episode of True Horror Stories. A big welcome to our newest members of the online campfire, Caden. Welcome, Caden, and thanks so much for your support. And thank you for being a faithful listener. We're glad to have you. At patreon.com slash nightmare society, you can join in for as little as a dollar a month. We've got different levels of membership and different perks for each, so if you're interested, be sure to check it out. Also, a big thanks to our contributors, two anonymous users, user Sweet Mercy and user Dickie Me, who were nice enough to share their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. So it's been a couple of years since this happened, but it still bothers me to this day. I was in college and I lived in a house with five roommates. I lived on the second floor and the way it was set up was important. There were four bedrooms on the second floor and two bathrooms. Two of the bedrooms each shared a bathroom, which was accessible only by the bedrooms, not the hall so I could walk through the bathroom into my roommate's room and vice versa. My door had both a handle lock and a deadbolt, which I used every single night because it was a habit I had had since freshman year. Because in dorms, drunk roommates or floor mates tend to wander in and wreak havoc if you don't. The door to the bathroom, however, did not have a lock, so I could never secure that. One of my roommates had her boyfriend visiting, and he had brought a friend with him. I hadn't spoken to the friend or gotten to know him at all, and I didn't really have any opportunities to since I didn't hang out in any of the common areas of the house, and frequently didn't even sleep there because I was casually seeing someone at the time. My first interaction with him was about two days into his visit. I was coming home around 6am from the house of the guy I was seeing, and I walked into the living room. When I came in, the visitor was alone and shirtless in my kitchen, which is open to the living room. He didn't even say hello. He just angrily asked me, Where were you? To which I was taken aback by, because he sounded like a jealous boyfriend. But I told him I had been at my boyfriend's house, and he said, You didn't tell me you had a boyfriend. Well, of course I hadn't told him. I've never spoken to him. I made a weird face at him and went upstairs, and didn't see him again for the rest of the day. I slept in my own room that night, 
deadbolt secure. I woke up at around 7 a.m. the next morning to him entering my room from the bathroom. Before I could say anything, he saw that he had woke me up and said, Sorry, I was looking for the bathroom. I said, well, you're standing in it, so... And he retreated and closed the door. I didn't think much of it at the time because I was groggy and I just fell back to sleep. Now, despite all of that up to this point, he didn't really creep me out. He just seemed weird. But later that day is when it got worse. I came home from my classes and went up to my room. He followed me and let himself into my room without knocking. The door had been closed as well, so I made it clear that that was not okay. But he was being friendly, so we chatted normally for a couple of minutes because I didn't want to be too rude. Then he decided to say, I think you're the one. The first moment I saw you, I knew you were the one. And you're going to marry me. Obviously, I was taken aback by this as this was only our third interaction and we had spoken for maybe two minutes total. I told him that I had no interest in marrying him, that I wasn't even attracted to him, and told him to leave me alone. Now. I decided to leave and called the guy I was seeing and told him what was going on, and he told me I could stay over at his house until this weirdo left. A couple of days go by and the weirdo was supposed to have left for good. So I went back to my house. I slept in my room that night with the door locked as usual. I woke up to hear someone trying to come in through my main door, but I thought it was just one of my many, many roommates. Then I hear the bathroom door open and someone walking into my room. I rolled over and he was standing there, maybe a foot away from my bed, and said, Hey beautiful, where have you been? I said, Weren't you supposed to leave? And then he tried to climb into my bed with me, putting his arm around me. Scoot over, I want to say goodbye properly. To which I started yelling, Get the fuck out of my room. I didn't invite you in. Leave now. I smacked his hands away from me and he got upset but left without much of a fight. I immediately left my house and went to my boyfriend's. The guy did finally leave later that morning. Afterward, I told my friend what her guest had done. And she said that I must have let him on which then prompted me to ask her how I could have let him on if I've never even really had a conversation with him. She then proceeded to blame all his actions on me and tell me I should have been flattered and given him a chance. I just walked away from her at that point and never talked to her again that year and haven't since. The next day, despite me yelling profanities at him and telling him how creepy he was when I had seen him in my bedroom, the guy decided to still try and find me on Facebook and then tried to add me. No. Blocked immediately. So, creepy guy and my roommate who defended him, let's not meet again.
day when I was in elementary school or I think probably third or fourth grade. I was awoken by my mom in a rush. She had overslept and since she always woke me up in the morning this meant that I too overslept and now there was just no way I was going to be ready for school early enough to get on the school bus. If I recall correctly, school started at 8 a.m. and my bus picked me up at 7 a.m. but it was already like 6.40 or something and I was still in my pajamas and hadn't even had breakfast yet. So mom decided that day we would just tell the bus driver to go on ahead and she would take me to school, which would give me plenty of time to get ready. So I'm sitting there at the dining room table eating breakfast, still in my pajamas, and now it's about 6.50. We hear the bus pull up about 10 minutes earlier than usual. My mom peeks her head out of the door into the foggy morning and waves the bus on. She closes the door and comes back inside, but the bus doesn't pull away. There's a knock at the door and mom opens it to find a man in a bus driver uniform. He explains that he's a substitute bus driver because the regular driver called in sick. He says he knows he's a few minutes early since he wanted to get an early start on the route. He didn't know it very well after all. Mom explains to him that she was going to take me to school since we woke up late. He gets visibly upset and says that he can wait a few minutes since he's already running ahead of schedule. My mom insists that no, I won't be ready to go in a few minutes and tells him to go on ahead. He seemed angry about this but turned around and got back on the bus and left. I return to eating my breakfast and still don't have my school clothes on at this point. But at 7 a.m. sharp, another bus pulls up to my house. Mom thinks this is weird and goes outside to talk to them. She comes back inside looking terrified, but doesn't really say anything about it and tells me to finish getting ready for school. At the time, I didn't know what happened, but mom would end up telling me a few years later. When she went to this second bus, she found that it was being driven by my regular bus driver, and it was full of all the other kids that are usually on the route. The other bus was empty, by the way. Mom asks the bus driver about the substitute driver and about him calling in sick. I never called in sick. There's no substitute driver on my route, he says. The driver immediately called dispatch in a panic and told my mom to go inside and call the police, which she did without me knowing, and report the incident. There was absolutely no one doing my driver's route that day. Whoever this was was most likely a kidnapper who had targeted me. I never heard anything about it again, not even if someone else had ended up being picked up by this mysterious fake bus driver. But chances are, had I gotten onto that bus, I would never have made it to school or back home. And if mom hadn't overslept that specific day, I would have been on that bus.
couple of years ago, after my ex left, my daughter and I were looking for a place to rent. Our house was too big and I couldn't afford it on my own. Plus, it was filled with far too many raw, painful memories of the family we had only recently ceased to have. I was checking ads on Craigslist and found one that sounded perfect. Excited, I didn't really think about bringing someone with me. I wanted to get to it before someone else snatched it up. I called and agreed to meet with the owner in 30 minutes at the place. I was thrilled. It was a small cottage, perfect for the two of us with a porch and a small yard, and it came with a gas range which I always prefer. I got there a few minutes early, because I absolutely loathe being late for anything, and waited in my car until the appointed time, just in case he was not already in the house then walked up and knocked on the door. He answered surprisingly quickly, leaving me with the impression he had been watching me walk up through the peephole. No biggie, I thought to myself. Probably wanted to see what sort of person I was. He opened the door wide and invited me in with a toothy grin. He was a little bit older than me and quite tall. I, at five foot four inches, had to look up to talk to him. I walked past him into the front room of the house and turned, about to ask about the utilities, when I saw him flip the lock on the deadbolt. Instantly, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and my heart began to pound. He began walking toward me, still grinning, and I stuttered on my words. Everything about this suddenly felt so wrong. I walked toward the kitchen as I continued to talk hoping for a back door. I figured I'd use the excuse of seeing the yard to get out, just as he was about to close the distance between us, not having said a word since inviting me in. My phone rang. I quickly grabbed it from my purse and answered, happy to have someone on the line. It was my friend, whose house my daughter and I were staying at until we found a place. Hey there, I said probably much too enthusiastically. I didn't hear a word she was saying. I just kept talking, quickly. I told her I was viewing the place I was looking at renting and gave her the full address. I asked her if she wanted to meet since it's right down the block from her. Mind you, she lived a couple of miles away, but he didn't know that. As soon as I hung up the phone, he was rushing me out the door hurriedly explaining that he just remembered an important meeting he had to get to. I was so relieved for my friend's fantastic timing and wasted no time in getting to the door. He unlocked it, looking at me strangely as he did so, and stood there as I left, telling me we could reschedule for another time. As if. I am convinced that something very bad would have happened to me had my friend not called me when she did. The whole experience gave house hunting a new meaning for me, and I didn't go looking at a single place alone after that, no matter who it was on the other end doing the renting.
I used to live in a townhouse, a duplex, by myself with my dog and two cats near a train station. There were often commuters who park outside my place and pass by through the day and night. Occasionally, I had cigarettes or stuff stolen from my front veranda. I even had my next door neighbor's ex-boyfriend come to my door telling me he had a hitman after him and he had a gun. But none of this scared me like the night I was watched. My dog lives indoors and I would take him out for a last wee before bed. My backyard light was broken and was up too high to change the bulb, so I always took him out the front. That night it was around 11pm and I took him out the front. It was a hot summer night and I was mindlessly standing on the footpath when I saw movement across the road from me. Out of nowhere a man had appeared and was walking diagonally across the street away from me. I thought it was odd because I hadn't seen him come from the other direction. I continued to think about it. Where he came from was outside of a house that was being renovated. I knew the owners weren't living there, so I thought maybe he was going to try and steal stuff. I kept looking down the road to where he had gone. He had turned the corner of the next street. I kept watching and then suddenly I see his head pop around the corner to see if I'm still outside. This gives me the absolute creeps, so I grab my dog and go inside. I turn off all my lights and go upstairs to my bedroom, which is at the front of the townhouse, and it faces the street. I thought I would keep watch of my neighbor's house and call the police if he came back. I peer through my blinds which cover sliding doors coming off of a small balcony. And like clockwork, I see a dark figure walk down the corner and down my street. He's moving towards the house across the road and then I suddenly lose sight of him. A tree in front of my townhouse obscures my view for a moment, and then he's there. He's not just there, he's stopped at the top of my driveway, standing there like freaking Jason Voorhees. I kid you not, his arms were out by his sides and legs apart in an unnatural stance, like he was preparing for something like he wanted to come kill me. My heart is racing so hard I can barely hear, and I'm standing there slack-jawed looking at this would-be assailant when one of my cats comes to see what's happening. My cat slides his body between the blind and window further opening it, and I see this person, this man looking up towards me. I'm thinking surely he sees me, if he does, this doesn't stop him. He starts walking down my driveway, undeterred and fixated. I lose sight of him under the balcony and awning. By this time, my eyes are watering in fear and tears are streaming down my face. I don't know what to do. I go sit on my bed. I pick up my mobile and dial my dad who lives a suburb away. He answers. I whispered to him what was happening and he said he'll be there as soon as he can. I lie down in my bed and lie as still as I can, tears rolling down my cheeks, pure fear, not knowing what this man was doing downstairs and if he could get in. What if I hadn't locked the doors? 
And then it dawned on me. Why am I lying here in the dark crying? Turn a light on. So I did. What seemed like a lifetime, but was probably just a couple of minutes later, my dad arrived. He had an umbrella with him. I live in Australia, so no guns. But he could have at least brought a knife. I stayed on the phone with dad while he searched outside for the man. He was gone. Maybe me turning on the light scared him off. I called the police who said I should have called sooner. Of course I should have. I don't know why I didn't. They came out with the sniffer dog and didn't find him either. I don't know what he wanted, but for a good year after that I was so scared living there. I'm still a scaredy cat, but the reading and listening to other stories makes me realize I'm not alone, and we can all learn from these experiences. So we, or I, know what to do if something scary does happen. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Nightmare Society Radio and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or head over to our YouTube and leave a comment and a like on one of our videos. I'm going to be putting out compilation videos on YouTube over the next few weeks as a little Halloween gift. Each will be about an hour to an hour and a half long and encompass three to four previous episodes. So if you like a longer form approach, head over to Nightmare Society Radio on YouTube and subscribe. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Nightmare Society Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare society and take your pick of membership options. All the links will be in the show notes. As I do each year, I'll soon be taking a break for the holidays but I'll still be active on our Patreon and plan on getting a couple of bonus episodes out as well. But it's still October, and we're not done yet. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time. Sweet dreams.